MMA Roadshow, episode number 391. My name is John Morgan, and cold coffee is with me on an extremely rare Wednesday afternoon with no UFC media day. And I'm just saying it. I'm not, I'm, you know, listen, I'm not complaining about the media days that we have. I enjoy talking to the athletes. It's it's an honor to go to to the interviews week in and week out. I always say, I feel like I'm, I'm helping document like these chapters of their life stories and these moments. You know what I mean? That's why I feel like we're, you know, we talk to them. That's what you say in the mirror before you get, to get motivated. (laughs) You're making memories, bro. You're documenting history. And you're special. That's Get what I there. tell myself. You go do a good you go job, do it, John Morgan. <laughs> no, but you know you, you. You give yourself the first question. You <laughs> don't let anybody take it. You get the first question. <laughs> Yeah, people ask, how did you start getting the first question? Because I wouldn't let anybody else have I it. I manifest it every morning <laughs> in the mirror before I leave my house. Oh, man. No second questions. Not, not no for, second questions today, son. Peeling back the curtain a little too far here, guys. No, no, <laughs> yeah, right? Looking into my reality. No, no, no. But, you know, like I said, I always think it's cool because you, you talk to these guys and gals, like, you know, right before these big moments in their careers, and then you get to, you know, speak to them immediately after, and you see the aftermath of it. And it's kind of, you know, it's that whole, you're watching like a little movie every weekend and out, right? It's it's this this plot line of somebody that has this moment and story yeah. in their life. Uh, so anyway, what I'm saying is I don't hate doing the media days. I like doing the media days, but I'll <laughs> tell you what, on the rare one where I can poke my head out of the house around yes. noon, head on over here to the extremely updated, refreshed, <laughs> top-of-the-line Casa de Cold Coffee number two, uh, I, I don't hate it, man. I don't uh, hate it. It gets bigger every time just, you say I it. Mean, every t- well, you keep adding on to the place That's every true. time I get here. <laughs> the feels- staff just, when I leave the house, I come back, there's a whole new wing on the house. It's I'm incredible. Like, construction at its they're, finest. They're hoping I bring the helicopter pad back. So I'm just like, wait, wait, there's just too much traffic over here. You know, right make, on the flight line. Would make it a little easier for you to get around. I mean, that that, that long the trip l- to the apex, <laughs> man, if you could just take a little helicopter. Up and down, folks. Up and down. How, how long do you think a helicopter from here to the apex would take? Like seven seconds? <laughs> when you're in the air, it would probably yeah, yeah. take longer just to properly just get the lift off. I'm, are we good? Good, good. Okay, we're going to start. Oh, well, we're here. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come back down. We're going to come back down. Yeah, it would be uh, It would be insanely. So it is nice to have a Wednesday afternoon, quote, unquote, off. I think both of yeah. us are still working in our respective environments. And, of course, we're sitting down to record the MMA Roadshow, but it's a whole lot different feel to the day than so going nice. and banging out 10, 12, 14 interviews, <sighs> producing all those. And then for me, I'm always trying to rush Soul back. Soul-sucking interviews. No. Just, <laughs> just for you. I enjoy them. Um, but I'm always in a rush to make sure I can get back and then take my kid to jiu-jitsu yeah. and have dinner and all that stuff. And That's right, because you don't, you don't even put half those together, do you? No, I just shoot them. With it, with it just being me, I, to be honest with well, you, with the underground. I, I know I do, there's others that are there that don't even no, hit record. I sh- no I, names will be named. I, there are people that are in there <laughs> that are not even bothering to shoot. I do shoot an archive just because I feel like what happens if, you know, you want a piece of footage from yeah. somebody and, you know, I, right now, since it's just me on the site, you're right, I'm not producing all of it, but I at least want to have it in case yeah. I want to go back and be like, wait, I was there that day. I can pull that clip. Yeah. I can get that little piece it, of it. I mean, it's never going to hurt to start building, like, your video library of right. stuff. I mean, like, even when it comes to, like, assets that we've seen, that we've shot over the years, people will come to Junkie, mm-hmm. whether it be USA Today and part of their 
people and like, hey, can we use this interview? Can we? Do you have this video? Mm-hmm. Do we have this? You know, and it never hurts. It never hurts to save it. I mean, the the biggest thing, and it's gotten cheaper and cheaper every year, is just storage. Right. If you have the storage to put it somewhere, whether that's cloud or whether it's the clunky old hard drives that I still have a shitload of. I Amazing. know you got a shitload yeah, of I do. them. Um, like those will always be around. But yeah, now the cloud base is uh, storage is getting cheaper and cheaper. It's like, why not? It's funny because, man, the early days of MMA junkie and you know USC junkie before that, but we didn't save everything. You know what I mean? And it's like I yeah. wish we had. And I do have some hard drives that go back to like late WEC days, um, which wasn't too far into. But we didn't save everything. We saved some things. Yeah. Um, and I do like in retrospect, it's like why not just save everything? I just, to me, and yeah. again, I guess maybe we're the hardest of hardcore talking about this. And of course, this is all video production and site running. I mean, how many people are running a a, a website or running a media outlet? But I would say to anybody that's doing it, like even if you're just doing it like independent, let's say you're just a, you know, a one person yeah. starting up your blog or whatever, save everything you shoot because you yeah. never know what it might be. I mean, what if it does turn out to be Conor McGregor's first interview right. or what if it does turn out to be whatever? And, and, and you know, A, that stuff can actually be worth money if somebody's oh, yeah. putting something together. But yep. if nothing else, it just gives you, like, some really cool, unique content options yeah. that nobody else has license of, you and know? You, and you see your growth as well, especially depending on whatever your, your art form, you know, whether we're talking here, you know, video, you know. You save your old audio, save your old photos, say you're a photographer, you know, like go back and look at your old shit. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like you never know what you might want to look back on, but even just being able to see your growth. But you're right. I mean, like it's not like we're saying, hey, save everything um, just because you could make money off yeah, it. It's going to make just, you rich one day. Yeah. Posterity's sake. I mean, like that moment in time only happened right then. And if you're there to document it, why not keep it and keep it as a part of the history? I mean, like. I imagine the, the, the Library of Congress has a whole lot of random shit in there mm. that somebody at some point was like, I'm going to save this, and then somebody else assigns value to it. You just yep. never know what's going to be worth something to somebody at some point. It's funny. I guess I got started in this game so long ago. It was, you know, things have changed a lot, but I, I feel like very few people consider that a role of journalism anymore, documenting history. And I still feel like that's part of it. You know what I mean? Because like, it turned what, to like what you think now more either – not opinion, but a lot yeah, of yeah, just social based, media interaction like and opinion. Trying to push a directive. Sometimes. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Very, there's very few people I think concerned really with documenting the history of yeah. events of moment. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It just feels like yeah, it's about everybody being a personality and everybody. I think you hit it right there because you know? now, especially in the day of social, it's like you know. I'm here at UFC 284, but you, you just said I'm here. You know, right. instead of just saying fighter this did this this this, you already are putting it through your your own lens, yeah. and then you're trying to make that lens connect with somebody else. So then they're like, oh, I want to see that through this person's eyes. So I'm gonna start following them instead of just documenting it as what, when, please. why, where, how. Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Like whatever there happened to that? Like just. Do, like literally documenting facts like yeah. that just doesn't happen anymore that's true but you know it's funny you brought up like the how you guys didn't used to save shit that's one of, i remember one of the things that i had already saved stuff when i you know since i had been treating it definitely especially since i was like at the ufc tried saving stuff but grant all that stuff's on their servers not, yeah. not my own shit to be clear he meant he saved it for the company <laughs> not for yeah. himself all right zufa lawyers don't hey hey he didn't mean he and was I know saving. they're listening hey they're always listening. They're waiting for us to bring other staffers they, on. They have been shown to listen once or twice over the course of this podcast. Let me be clear. He was saving it on your drives, on your drives. 
But I mean, like, that's one of the things I was like, man, I wish, because I know you guys were at, like, the early on events. I was like, man, I wish they were shooting. Yeah. You know? But even the stuff that you guys did were trying to do has come so far over the years. The technology, the stuff was used. I mean, for a lot of time, people were just using whatever phone cameras they could have or whatever other little cameras, and it wasn't great. But that, that was one of the things I was always happy about as time moved on was that we made a point to document because I don't know if others are doing it, but I know that we did. Yeah. Once we made a concerted effort to say, we're saving shit, we're saving yep. everything, everything we shoot is going to be saved somewhere. So somebody can go back because you never know, you know? And I feel like that's part of the job of like what you said, like documenting history, document it happened. There's no, there's no, Hey, if you want to hear about this moment, go back to my Instagram account and see how I thought of it. Right. Here's the raw moment of what happened. Yep. And then nothing's changed. It's not edited. It's raw. Here it is as it happened. No context off to the side being added to it. And there's something great about that. And that now a lot of people just say, Oh, well, go, go look at my, my YouTube, go look at my finished thing. And it's like, well, that's already been the touch. Unless it's like some of the stuff that we do, we put a full, archive interview a lot of times you're only seeing the cut and then some people are always like oh why'd you only put this part out that's why we've always been good about you know putting the full thing out because that's part of what we're what we're talking about documenting the moment and not trying to put too much of yourself into it it doesn't need to be about right oh the shooter at that time or whatever it's just document that thing and and like you said, you never know what it's going to be worth somebody. You know, it's funny. So uh, I was going to bring up Jose Aldo, but this is perfect because oh, this, man, it actually yeah. reminds me that, you know, Jose Aldo walking away. Uh, we found that after I sat down and did the and a half episode this past week. Not necessarily a surprise, I wouldn't say. Of course, Marab Devalishvili had said he heard, you know, that, that Jose had told him that's going to be it for me. We had heard uh, Andre Pedernera saying, hey, I kind of think that should be it. And I think we had all talked about the fact that, man, even in that, that fight with Marab, you know, the skills were still there, but not just not quite. And the other thing is just that it took him so far down the ladder that yeah. Aldo was going to have a long way back up to the top. So not the most shocking. It is kind of weird that it was just kind of a, a little footnote, not, you know. Yeah, not even like in its own fight, you know, it was just like sort of just dropped off. Yeah, to the side. Just so, so that was a little bit wild. But it did start making me think about it because – you know, you know. Obviously, we've seen a lot of these retirements lately. You know, the, the the Cowboy Cerrone one was one that was near and dear to my heart. But the Jose Aldo one is near and dear to my heart as well because you know, obviously, started covering him in in the WC. And as we're talking about, I wish, you know, I I don't even think at this time. So when he won the first time, I remember interviewing Jose Aldo. Is you know, I moved to Las Vegas in late 2008. Um, I was not at the San Diego event where he fought Rolando Perez. Uh, I did not go to Corpus Christi for the Chris Mickle fight. Um, I remember, I don't even think I did the Sacramento fight. I, cause I don't think we traveled to cover WC early on. It was still too small. I think we covered WC when it was in Vegas. So the first time I remember, although I kind of remember being at the Cub Swanson fight. I can't remember if I was there or not. I think I was, but I don't remember interviewing. <laughs> but I do remember. Yeah, you know what? I think I was at the Sacramento fight. But what I don't. Uh, but the first time I really remember an in-depth interview with Jose Aldo was ahead of the Mike Brown fight, and it was um, it was at the Palms. And I remember, you know, it was me. I remember. I think it was Adam Hill and Steve Cofield, if I remember correctly. A couple old school names, obviously still in the sports media landscape, but not as much in, in mixed martial arts anymore. Um, we're interviewing them. 
And I remember like Steve Cofield like asking him about the scar on his face and like where that came from. And um, I, I remember talking to Jose, you know, this wide-eyed kid. About, I mean, he was still so young at the time about coming in and name on the marquee in Las Vegas and all this. And that's when I remember um, – because I didn't know a ton about his background, but I remember like that's when uh, Vagni Fabiano told me the story about like, do you know exactly where he came from? And I was like, not really. I know he came from the favelas and stuff. They're like, bro, he didn't have enough – money to buy like rice in between training sessions you know like he would show up for the morning practice and then you know we would ask him like hey did you did you eat? did you eat and he's like yeah yeah yeah, i ate you know and you're like did you really eat and he'd yeah. be like no i didn't and they'd have to like buy you know buy him some rice and beans dude you know what i mean like that kind of stuff and and seeing that early on and and, and and so it just made me out like I wish we'd have been shooting back then. And yeah. I think at the time Dan and I that were, be gold. We were yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were really like you saw that clip that was making its way around about when he was going to buy the suit for the first time and it's mm-hmm. it's about it's it's been kind of recirculating lately. But yeah, man, just to have that instrument. Jose Aldo and, and I tweeted about this and I you know it's funny uh, talking about social media and commenting stuff, like I probably should use my social media more, but I just always, I don't know, man. It feels weird to me, like, let me tell you my opinion on this. I'm like, I don't know. Like, but for I, opinions, that's what it's for. I know. It's, but that I, makes a lot of sense. But I feel weird. Yeah. But I, but anyway, but I, I tweeted about when I, when I read that on Sunday, and, and I tweeted, like, the, the, I think the one thing I tweeted was, like, you, it is very rare to reach the type of universal love and respect and admiration that Jose Aldo has, like, on, you know, on the roster, you yeah. know, but behind, you know, what, what fans think of him. I mean, I don't know how you could not be a Jose Aldo fan, but like there are so few fighters that are so universally respected and admired. Oh, that yeah. Like, like we would see it week in and week out, right? A Jose Aldo fight week means everybody on the card. If they see Jose Aldo is going to be like, bro, can I take a picture? I mean, these are yeah. theoretically his peers, but they're looking at him as like such a high level. You know what I mean? That like, that's not my peer. I got to take a picture with Jose Aldo. And like, yeah. you just don't see that man. And, and to, to think of what he accomplished and, um, it's pretty crazy, man. I was, it was kind of funny. I was talking to Nicholas Mata uh, the other day who came through CFFC, of course, and, and got his first UFC win. And I was asking him because he started out in Novo and Yao, and I was asking him what he thought about Jose Aldo. And he was talking about, you know, just what a, what a genius he was and how he's kind of ahead of the time or whatever. And then he started laughing. He's like, and that dude made a lot of money, man. He, I was like, he can buy some rice now, huh? He's like, <laughs> he can, he's like, he can buy some rice companies at this point, you know. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, Jose Aldo is, is one that – Sad to see walk away. Um, I will say I think it's so cool because we we touched upon it. How much respect he got in Salt Lake City from the crowd. I mean that just seems like a random audience to give a, a Brazilian the type of love and admiration they give. So I think it's cool that he got to go out on on that. And I just I mean I'm assuming somebody will figure this out. I can't imagine this will go overlooked, especially since you still got Big Nog involved and hopefully somebody. That January event in Rio, like, they got to do something, right? I mean, do, do you play? Oh, you mean, like, on the broadcast? On the broadcast. I mean, you got to, like, play his music and let him yeah. walk in and, and get I, – I, it is kind of – because I think he's think- got to be in the crowd at least and well, then do, to do something. Maybe they'll bring him out to do some commentary off to the side or put him on a channel I think it, I think it would be at least cool. You know, I mean, it's it's different circumstances, but I think about, like – That's we were, when they nominate him for the Hall of Fame. They put they say about how he's going to go into you know the what? Hall of Fame or something. Perfect. That'd be perfect. Good, That's be a perfect. One. I was just thinking about you know you're, you're you're dead on there. I was just thinking about like uh, remember we were in St. Louis because it was the infamous uh, Kamara Usman thirty percent night, but yeah. they did the walkout for Matt Hughes. Now, granted, different circumstances. We know where Matt Hughes, yeah. you know, what had happened. That was more of like a honoring his life and hey, glad you're still with us yeah. and all that. Um, but I, I I I was thinking about this today, right? So 
Jose Aldo, I mean, look, there has to be something done at that January Rio event. And I think I was just thinking, you know, walk out honor. But I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. You go ahead and put him in the Hall of Fame right away. That dude is – don't have to I mean, wait. You, how are you going to argue about yeah, that? Like, put, I mean, like – That dude goes in. But, you know, it was funny because originally I was thinking, well, we know he has one fight left on his contract. Why wouldn't you give him one more fight? But, you know, I started thinking about it. Boy, this sport – you know, it's not a, a send-off basketball game yeah. or a send-off soccer game. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah. oh, wouldn't you give him one more in front of his hometown? You know what? You're probably doing the better thing by not giving him one more fight in front of his hometown, but give him one more, you know, give him honors in, in front of his hometown. Yeah, because you figure, like, Rob, I mean, he's a guy that's, you know, I mean, like, the level of competition, to have him go back down the line for his last fight, you'd rather be against something where it was like, you know, still vying, still showing towards the top, you know, all that other kind of stuff. You know, it's funny when you're talking about video and how we archive stuff. Over the years, man, being able to, when I was, especially while I was still UFC, all the stuff in Brazil and behind the scenes that I shot of, of Jose, that would be so cool if I could mm. go back and see. But we don't have it on <laughs> our hard drives, to be clear. <laughs> that is on the <laughs> UFC servers. Um but it, it, when you said about him making a suit, remind me of one of the times when he came in, because I know he wasn't fighting, but he came in and he had a meeting with uh, Dana. They must have been working on a contract or something. But one of the things that he wanted to do before he headed back out to the airport, he's like, is there a toy store? Because I want to, he wanted to buy a toy for his kid. And so I followed him to Toys R Us, which I don't even think exists in Vegas anymore. I don't think it does. I think it's gone. And uh, so we went through this Toys R Us so he could pick out a, a, a toy and stuff. And it was kind of cool, cool to see that? him go through here. And then just sort of had him chatting and then got in the car and then went back to the thing. I love but that. I remember just thinking, I completely forgot about it. But I remember at the time I was like, this is awesome. And I don't even know what they did. I think we maybe put something on .com. Or maybe that was like the early, early fight pass days where half of that crap doesn't even exist anymore or yeah. you'd have to really, really search deep into it. What a great story. But, but that's that stuff. I mean, there was so much shit that was shot over the years that, you know, at the time we documented and we saved it onto their servers, the UFC servers, <laughs> uh, that they never even did because at that time fight pass wasn't even a thing, you right. know, because a lot of stuff was before fight pass. We were documenting stuff for the UFC Every once in a while, maybe something, a little glimpse got on the broadcast. But for a lot of it, it was just documenting for the sake of documenting. But I know that there's a ton of stuff there that if they actually took the time to go back and look. But they probably don't even know they don't, that it they exists. They don't even have – Because those people, they're gone. Everybody's gone. Yeah. Like my, most of the people that were – everybody outside of maybe one person – um, or two um, from when my group was still there is still part of like that group, and that's and, and this is again kind of a you know maybe inside baseball type thing, but still an interesting thought process is that if that stuff's not meticulously labeled the, the way it's stored, like you're never going to find it if you don't never know it exists. All. Nobody's ever going to go look through. Like it. if they said, "Oh, hey, go back to UFC 179," you know they probably did like an open workout on the beach. Let's see if there's footage from the beach when they did. Yeah. You know? So that's crazy, but yeah. That, that's man, so many great fights with that cat, but man, you're right. It's it's funny. Out of all that stuff, I know I shot a bunch of other stuff, but that trip to the toy store to buy something for his kid, that's, that's I can remember it clear as day. Amazing. You know, you talk about you know the king of Rio. Obviously, the the nickname that kind of uh, came up. And I, did John Anik come up with that? He might. I, I I feel like Anik was the one that coined that. I may be wrong because that was not like an official. He was Scarface, of course. Uh, but I I really think Anik might have been the one that coined Could that. But but it fits so well because. I remember the story as well about the, essentially his management team and the people around him. Like 
made him move out of his neighborhood because he was starting to get so like popular and famous. Yeah. But he was such a like, I just want to sit out front of my house with my flip flops and my shorts on and no shirt. Like this is my neighborhood. This is where I grew up. You know, how many times have we sat in a plastic chair on the beach in Brazil? Oh, I mean, yeah. he wasn't putting any frosty beverages <laughs> down the way we were. And but we didn't have people in front of us trying to take our picture. No, like <laughs> no, but that's just who he was. He's like, this is my neighborhood. This is yeah. where I grew up. Like this is where I'll stay. And they were like, bro, like you can't like you had just for your own safety yeah. and security like you got to get out of there and he kind of from from what i was told kind of fought him on it you know he's like nah bro this is this is where i am like yeah. you, you, and finally they explained to him like bro no it's you, only going to get it, worse it's going to get worse but i mean just he probably felt safe as could be because everybody knew everybody most of those people in the favelas they grow up in those houses mm-hmm. so everybody knows everybody but yeah once somebody makes good everybody tends to want to probably yeah, get part of that gotta be careful <laughs> But what 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 a legend, a true a true legend. As, as I said, I don't, I don't think legend goes to describe. And that and, and we're just talking about the person. Now we're not even talking about the fights. I mean, obviously yeah. the, the the fights with Chad Mendes. You know the 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 Uriah Faber fight. I mean, there were so many moments over the years that that were incredible. I, you know, I'll I'll forever hate the fact that there's a, a legion of fans who only know Aldo from. You know, or or began their uh, knowledge of Aldo by him getting starched by Conor yeah. McGregor because I, I'll stand by it, and I mean no disrespect to Conor McGregor whatsoever, but like I think if they fought a hundred times, like that only happens once. Yeah, you know That's, I, mean? I mean it's it's not often I ever feel um, sad for a fighter because of an outcome. There's some that are just like, oh man, yeah, that really fucking sucks. Like every time Derek loses, Derek oh, Lewis course, loses, yeah. I'm like, damn, that sucks. But I don't feel like I'm not holding on to one of those. I felt so bad for Aldo because that buildup and knowing oh. how much that that would, would have meant for him and how much he put into it. That one, I still feel like, fuck, that one, that sucks. That hurts. That's still, I, I still feel bad for him on that one because you're right. I mean, that was his chance and there was so much buildup for that. And we wanted that fight to be so much. It took so long to get there and the whole buildup and the UFC put so much promotional wing behind it. Some of the coolest, like, little promos that oh, they yeah. made. Oh, yeah. Of those two, like they did that one where they were like walking down the streets of Vegas or yeah. something, whatever. It was just so incredible that I was just so hyped up, and then for it to end like that, you're just like, I was just, I felt like I was, I was so heartbroken for him yep. and his family, and for the country just for what. But on the flip side, there was a whole another country that became so invigorated with the sport after that. I mean, Ireland loved it. Skyrocket. It was like there was nothing better for them, you know. I mean, they just needed that moment to just sort of. Like the flame, and there it was. Mm. It's like they didn't want to just take part; they wanted to take over. Oh, that that is brilliant, man! You got to write that should down. I write that down. You got to write that down. That's sorry. I, I should. I should. I'm gonna use that. I just gotta uh, figure when I can use it best. That's funny. <laughs> uh, we miss Jose Aldo. I listen, and I, I think it, it, look, there could have been some more fights. You could have put the Dominic Cruz fight together. I mean, there were still fights available for him, but that just goes to Who show the kind of guy. That one. Oh, bro, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think maybe Aldo. I think I would take Aldo. Aldo. Yeah, I think Aldo. I think so. I don't. He just seems sort of out of. I don't know. I don't want to get take too because Marab has a way of doing what Marab does, but Jose just never got started. I just nah. felt like he was so out of place. But like Dom's not going to try to do that. But maybe Dom would try to employ like wrestling and get him against Cage and do some stuff. You know, not that he ever does with anybody else, but maybe that <laughs> maybe would be, the, be one. the one. That would be the one. Well, there, like I said, there were fights to make, but I think that just goes to show you Aldo's mindset that he, you know, it wasn't for him. It wasn't let's go out and have some fun fights. It's yeah. like no, like, we're we're working towards a championship, but we're not doing anything else. Yeah. Man, I mean, so. he's got enough. I'm sure irons in the fire doing other oh, stuff yeah. after this point. So, um, and he's hard. He's already qualified. 
and should get the the Hall of Fame nod. Uh, I think, I think he you're right. Need I, to add anything I, else? I, I think that. Well, look, he's a surefire Hall of Famer, but yeah. I think I think doing it in January in Rio that would be cool. That would be amazing. Announce yeah. him there. Let him get that honor. That's perfect timing. Hopefully, the good. UFC is on the same page. All right, uh, listen. No UFC this week, but we did do Dana White's Contender Series last night. Normally, we don't spend a lot of time talking about Dana White's Contender Series, but got to talk about this Raul Rosas Jr. Right? Who's, because who's yeah, who's I don't know if you saw this, but there is a teenage. I don't know. It's kind of slipped under the radar. But the USC actually signed a 17-year-old kid last night. And I, I'm still kind of processing it because, look, uh, we, we knew the hype going in. Obviously, yep. you know, he, he'd spent some time training here. So, you know, we the people we, – we know a lot of people that spent time in the gym with them. And so we knew the name. You know, we've seen the fights. Um, we knew what he was capable of. It was the first time I was seeing him compete in person. And I will say um, – the dude is legit, man. He's 100% legit. Yeah. Like, what we saw there in terms of, you know, uh, strength for a 17-year-old, off the charts. Um, creativity and knowledge of grappling, off the charts. Yeah. Um, you know, aggression, off the charts. Um, confidence. Confidence. <laughs> through all, Confidence off the charts for anybody <laughs> at any age. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's maybe that's one of the beautiful things about being young, right? Is you're too young to know what you don't know. But also, he's got a he probably recognizes those skills. He sees what he does to grown ass men. Like his his ground game and his transitions were just so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And every time he would get on his back, somehow he was able to reverse it, and he was on top in moments. I mean, when you have it to the point where you're, you're the the opposing team's corner is just like, dude. Don't try to take his back. Don't Which try to crazy. do a submission. That's, Stand up. That is the strike. I mean, I mean, honestly, the most dominant position. Now, some people may say mount or whatever, but to me, yeah. the, the most dominant position in grappling is on the back because there is so little that the person in front can do other than try yeah. to get out. And yet your corner saying, do not take his yeah. back. So ridiculous. That's crazy. Dude, any, I mean, when you look at his size, too, I mean, like this kid, I mean, while he's fighting I, right now, bantamweight, I mean, like. He looks thick. He's gonna get big especially at 17 that's i mean no credit by the time you got well no i was gonna say by the time you hear this he's gonna be 18 because by, by the time it's he fights in the ufc he's gonna be 18 and this whole talk of uh, well part of it too because i almost wanted to bring it up to dana i was like oh but it's not it's not even a big deal by the time that this first fight happens they're not gonna have to do the extra commission shit. they're not gonna have to have mom and dad sign letters not gonna have they interviewed so many people they reached out I know Nixick was on record for it. I know Dana had to say a little something. Um, I'm sure, like, manager said something, and they had other fighters say something. All that doesn't have to happen for the next one. It's going to be so much easier. But this kid is going to grow into his body. And that being said, he was a pound under. So he's obviously doing well when it comes to his weight and, and all that other stuff. But his sheer size, his frame... You could tell he could easily pack a lot more muscle onto that frame yep. already currently. It's almost like he's try not probably just holding off of that, like maybe never does weight training, just does jujitsu sure. and other stuff because once he starts adding muscle, it's going to be really hard to keep going down with that frame because it's just natural. I mean, like he hasn't even started touching his like man strength yet, which is what is crazy because at 17, this kid, what he was able to do – to a 25-year-old that we saw in front of us that was jacked, that it just made it look ridiculous. And this this guy was good, you know? All right, so I agree wholeheartedly with everything you're saying. And I am 
I, I, I can't say. Now, I will say this. We, we haven't gotten to see his striking yet. And if, and if you hear, like, that may be the, the most area of concern where, you know, certainly he's a, a wizard on the ground, but we haven't seen a whole lot throughout his career of a striking back game. kick thing that he did. That was, was nice. Gnarly. The, the, the misleaping knee into the takedown to blend it all. I mean, it, so may, maybe there is no reason for concern. But I, so I will say this, though. Last night, you know, we go back to that press room every Tuesday night when it's Tuesday night contender series, and everybody kind of looks at each other right before you know everybody g- gathers together before Danny makes his announcement. It's like what three, four, five? What, what are we doing? Yep. And I said four. I, I was said, like, yep. we're doing everybody but the kid. Yep. I'm like, he's just too damn young. And sure enough, Dana, no hesitation. I mean, didn't even. Di- I mean, literally no hesitation yeah. whatsoever. And then came back and, and continued to stand by it. And now I'm wondering. I mean, because. It's weird to me because I do I like I don't question the kids' skills. I yes. don't. They're there, but I do wonder like, is this too early? Like, will, I mean, because you know they throw up those other names of here's where the here's where the the youngest in. I mean, we have oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. people get burned out, man. Yeah. People get you know you can't you know and, and again and I don't mean this as uh, disrespect to any other organization out there, but and, and I even said it last night in the scrums. Look, those uh, the other organizations out there in the world, they had the ability to kind of really slow roll, pick and choose, whatever you want to say, right? Like how many promotional newcomers do you bring in to face guys making their way up the ladder in Bellator? And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like you're bringing their skills along. He is not going to have that luxury. And I know he's, what, 7-0 at this point, so it's not like he's 0-0, brand new. But I don't know, man. And I know Daniel was saying, this kid's special, this kid's that. And and, – he is, but I don't know. Is he so special that at 17 he can handle the rigors yeah. and grow up in front of everybody? I mean, everybody said the same thing about Sage Northcutt. Right. And like, where's Sage at? Right. He hasn't fought since what? I just pulled up 2019. Yes. That's what I'm worried about, man. Like, I mean, I okay, great. He's in at 17. At 22, is he. Just like and look, if he's come at twenty two, if he's come in, won the world title, defended it three times, and retired at twenty two because he's made millions and he wants to be, I mean, good for him. Yeah. So I'm not saying I, I'm just it's so it, 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 in a lot of ways in my head it kind of sounds like when I talk about like Francis Nagano going to box, right? Like yeah, far be it for me to say like you shouldn't get to go do what you want to do, but I'm also a little bit concerned for how competitive you're going to be and how yeah. well. And this is different. I just look the biggest paychecks he's going to make. Obviously, the biggest sponsorships, the biggest funding, all those opportunities are going to come in the UFC. But I just worry, like again, because they can't delicately match make him in the UFC. Everybody in the UFC, and I know people will say, they "Well, UFC of. levels, you can." They'll, they'll give him. They'll give him. They can. They could easily give him like another contender guy that just recently went through, right. possibly. But man, if he's able to stay at you, you, you brought up twenty two. He he, th- he says by that time he's already going to be a champ. He says uh, by the time he's twenty, he's going to be a champ. If he can maintain and stay in bantamweight as his body's grown at that point and as his skill set, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to uh, not imagine that he would just be destroying the group. But you're right. I mean, to go that many fights as much as this kid wants to fight, it seems like this is all he does: eat and breathe. That many more years of that high level, at some point maybe his body could even give out. You know, you want to, you you don't want to, like you said, push it. You almost want to kind of slow roll it. But I don't know if this kid can let anybody talk him into that. Yeah, how no. his 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 belief in himself, but also having that skill set. I mean, like you just went in and tested yourself on another guy that easily deserves to be in sure. the UFC, sure. like without a doubt. Um, 
shoot, why not jump in? You know, I mean, he could still take a couple fights before he ever even starts touching top 15 caliber guys. I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Like, so take the Sean O'Malley path, right? Because Sean O'Malley was the one that, I guess, if you want to say somebody got that slow. And he played into it, right? The yeah. unranked champion. And, you know, I don't want to get, you know, move up. But, you know, I look at it. And, and it's funny because I just said 22 years old. So he made uh, – Sean O'Malley made his UFC debut in December 2017. So obviously he's right at five years as well. And now he's fighting essentially what's a number one contender fight against Peter Yan. But here's the run. Terry and Ware, now, and some of this is going to sound different because you're talking about 2017 area, era when you start out. But Terry and Ware, Andre Sukumtath, Jose Alberto Quinones, Eddie Wineland, Chito Vera, Thomas Almeida, Chris Moutinho, Holly and Paiva, Pedro Munoz. That, that's a stiff run, man. That's like, a, that's a hell of a for, a, for a 17-year-old? Now, maybe for Sean O'Malley. Now, at the time, yeah. Sean O'Malley was like, oh, they're, 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 you know, why don't they give him a real test? But I don't know, man. Like a seventeen-year-old going against all those names, and I guess you know at some point he's an eighteen-year-old, and then he's a nineteen-year-old, and then he's a twenty-year-old. But I don't know. I'm just in this weird spot. I don't know how to feel about this because the kid's skills are legit. Yeah. But I'm just a little worried for him. I'm a little I, worried. for And him. I just hope his body. I mean, like his body. If he doesn't give himself a body, his body a chance to rest and still continue growing. I mean, who knows what he could be doing? I mean, I know they said the same thing about with kids. You know, if you start them weightlifting too hard, right. too early, you know, they can stunt their growth and things start happening. Don't forget, too, like Sean at the beginning when he was or kind of sort of in the middle run of the beginning, hurt his leg, hurt his ankle. And if mm. you started wondering, is, is his body breaking down? Did he maybe do too much going into this? Since then, it, we don't seem to see those same issues. So I think the time away and, you know, proper care is, has worked out. But, I mean – the kid can overdo it. I mean, if somebody doesn't stop the kid from overdoing it, one, you run the risk of, you know, getting too high, too fast, getting the guy that knocks you down, and then you lose a little bit of that hype. But what would be worse is he overworks his body to the point where his body breaks down prematurely. Instead of being having a, a really long career, it might be yes. shortened because he's pushing himself too hard and he starts hurting his body early before he's had a chance to really even fully grow into his I body. I think that's where I'm at. Now, again, but then, like I said, but then the flip side is, let's say his body breaks down at 24, but he's a multimillionaire and, you know, a world champion. And, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, hey, so what? I had to retire at 24. Now yeah. I just do jujitsu and, you I'm know. I'm permanently I'm, disabled, but I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't know. So You're right. It's a catch-22. I will certainly be following the story, but I, you know, and I guess, Look, I, I, I guess, you know, in the world of sports opinions, you can't ride the fence. you got to say either, that guy's the greatest thing that's ever happened yeah. or he's never going to win a fight in the UFC. I, I don't feel like I know that yet. I, I feel like the kid literally has skills. Yeah. I feel like, look, he may I will say he's the best 17-year-old I've ever seen I would agree. in MMA. I would 100% agree Hands with that. Hands down. And still scares me. Yeah. So It's true. It's true. But you're right. But, man, be, it's, hey, it's not like they just said, hey – Look at this shiny new toy. Trust us. He's good. Like, we saw it. That's a good point. We saw the point. legit skills. This and it's is, just like, okay. This is not the, uh, we saw a guy on looking for a fight, and we showed you 30 seconds of him, and just right. trust, trust us. Trust me. Trust me. He's amazing. And, and and to think how many times we've seen Dana and Sean. Granted, I, I don't, we don't, I didn't get to look at what Sean's and Mick's reaction, but for them to all, Dana's not, I mean, Dana will blow a little hot air up our ass, but for them to say, as soon as they went back, there wasn't even a discussion. They were so blown away. That's something. That's true. These guys have seen thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And I know we were blown away by his performance. Right. For them to do it, 
I mean, I got to trust that they know something or see something that even yeah. beyond yeah. because they've seen so many guys. But, dude, I can't fault – I'm with you. I, I don't want the kid to burn himself out and hurt himself prematurely. But in terms of am I worried is his skill level – is he going to go in there and be – is he going to get hurt because he's not ready to be there? I don't feel that. Right. At least not for where they're going to start him at. Right. You know, but give him two or three fights, he's going to be fighting the top 15 guys if he keeps doing that performance. Oh, imagine if you're, like, 19 years old fighting top 15 dudes it's or crazy. something like that. This uh, kid could do it. If he gets three fights in his 18th year, easily 19 uh, could be starting. Unbelievable. And that's probably where he sees in his head and why he says he's going to give himself from 19 to 20 to where he's getting into the top five and 20 he'll be competing for the title. That's what he sees in his head. It's got to be. Unbelievable. You know? It's a cool story. It's a cool story. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we got Bo Nickel in the final Dana White's Contender Series for this you run. You think Bo's mad? No, no, no. Bo's <laughs> getting paid, dude. Like, it's so funny. Like He's got that see, developmental deal, all, whatever that is. All the people that are enraged. You think he got a house like Joe Piper? Yeah, all the people that are enraged. By, you know, everybody I heard behind the scenes, everybody's like, trust me. Bo Nickel just fine. <laughs> Bo Nickel just fine where he's at. I'm sure Bo's just sitting back there. Hey, you guys complain for me all you want. Yeah. I am good. Uh, so, I, yeah, I am anxious to see that. By the way, Bo Nickel facing Donovan Beard, CFFC track record there. Donovan, um, Donovan's got a stiff challenge ahead of him, but he's he, he doesn't care. In fact, he actually asked for the fight with Bo Nickel, which I found just uh, I mean, ballsy is all get out. And I will say it was funny too. If you want to steal in somebody's height, right? If, if exactly right. If you want to check it, it's a funny moment. I've had a couple people that watch the interview reach out, but if you want to see the interview, it's on the the MMA Underground channel. But uh, when I set up the interview with Donovan, because I didn't set, I mean, obviously I had spoken to Donovan before for the CFSC, but when we set up this interview, it was set up through his management team because he was taking this opportunity, right? Um, and about. As we were kind of wrapping up the interview, he put two and two together. He's like, <laughs> you're that dude that called my fight, right? And I'm like, yes, I'm that dude. He was oh, like, he was like so you're going to be there at the Apex? I'm like, I'll be there, bro. He's like, yes, that's awesome, man. He's that's like, at least hilarious. I know I'll have one person cheering for me in there. So He's like, this whole time I was like, you, this guy looks familiar, but no, nah, I'm just I'm just probably crazy. I'm just, I'm just going to leave. It's it. a pretty funny moment because you can see he's actually realizing it in real time, <laughs> and you can see the moment on his face, so it's pretty funny. So that'll be the final one next week. The voice didn't give it away right from the get-go? I guess not. I guess not. Um, that is, you know, it's funny, you know, just to give you something where you can humble brag about. It is funny when I see some of the contender guys. They'll look back, and when they look up, and they'll see, it and you start asking a question, right. you kind of see him like do that little smile, like, <gasps> "This is real! Oh my God, it's that dude!" <laughs> Who was it that said? Oh no, that was uh, was that uh, Farid Basharat when he right. came back? He's like, "Who's got the first question, John Moore?" Yeah, that was pretty funny. First rewatch, that was good, man. That yeah. was good. All right, listen, uh, like I said, no UFC this weekend, but we do have Bellator in action this weekend, and you know what? I mean. This is, I think this is why I'm so excited about this weekend. This weekend came together perfectly, right? Because, you know, if you're going to have we, – we already said we're happy to have a, a, a different Wednesday. We're not complaining, but it's nice to have a nice Wednesday. We know that our Saturday is free. But let's say Bellator had come in with, like, a, a Saturday night show. Then the fact that we don't have USC really doesn't change anything, right? right? But then you go, okay, well, yeah, but Bellator had a Friday night show, so it still kind of impacts your weekend. It's like, nah, bro, Bellator has a Friday show from Europe, which means that – the main card for Bellator 285 <coughs> starts at 1 p.m. Pacific time on oh, Friday afternoon, nice. 4 p.m. Eastern. So, I, I mean, like 
I can soak in Bellator <laughs> on Friday afternoon. And have all day Saturday. And have all day Saturday to chill. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, nice. It doesn't happen very often, a rare Saturday no. off with the family, so I'm looking forward to it. Benson Henderson versus Peter Queeley in the main event. Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manhoff. That's crazy in the co-main event. Uh, not quite as loaded as the Bellator 286 card is. We'll probably talk about that one next week. I'm actually still trying to figure out if I, I – I might go down to Long Beach next week. I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, look at yeah, you. Yeah, hey, the Bellator card next week. I'm just going to tell everybody right now, take a peek next week. The Bellator card next week's about as loaded as it gets. But uh, let's do this. I can't remember we'll talk quick on. about Bellator 285, but first I want to play. This is a uh, the MMA Roadshow exclusive. Whoa. You know, a lot of times we'll, you know, we'll take some interviews that Sorry, we've done. Sorry, folks, we're taking this over to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> this is an exclusive. And, and I didn't mean to do it as an exclusive. See, here's the thing is I'm trying to figure out how best to use our content, where to put it everywhere and utilize as much as I can. But uh, we're supposed to do a video interview with Benson Henderson, and then he at the last second he was like, oh, that's right. can we do famous. audio only? And I was like, I mean, we can. I don't know what's what, – like, Are you naked? I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> what's the deal, bro? <laughs> what's going on? Uh, but so we switched over to audio only. But because of that, this interview has not been released anywhere. So it is a MMA Roadshow exclusive interview. John Morgan, Benson Henderson, another former WEC uh, star. Uh, you know, I, I wish uh, I had known about Josie Aldo's. We did this uh, earlier in the weekend, so I didn't have Josie Aldo's retirement. Definitely would have gotten his thoughts on that as well. Obviously, their career paths intertwined for quite some time. Oh, but yeah. here is Smooth previewing his Bellator 285 main event with Peter Quilly. All right, we are with the legend Benson Henderson. Benson, you had the uh, hard-fought win the last time we saw you back in January over a very, very tough opponent. Islamabadov. I guess just how important was that for you, man? I mean, I know you'd had a couple setbacks. Was it uh, was that a big one for you? Oh yeah. I it should be. They're all big ones for you, whether it's your pro debut, your amateur debut, first time on the main card, first time for the UFC, first time for Bellator, first time this, first time that. They should all be big ones, you know? Uh first time on a losing streak. You lost two in a row, you lost three in a row, first time this, first time that. Uh it doesn't necessarily matter like which you know, kind of extras you want to add to it. They're all big. They're all important. They're all life or death. You know, like we only really get so many chances at this. Uh, so you should treat it as such that they're all very, very big deals. I love that attitude, man. I knew that was the type of competitor you are. Because I wondered, I mean, here you are, former UFC champ, former WC champ, nothing to prove in the world. But you know, you start dealing with those setbacks. It's gotta, it's gotta bother you a little bit, right? You're not used to, you're not used to having to have losses. Uh, yeah, definitely not something I ever want to get used to. Um, <laughs> but uh, you got, you gotta take the good with the bad. You, you gotta not allow those losses to deter you and make you too sad and this and that and change who you are. Uh, but you gotta know as, as a competitor. Man, that that's a part of the process that that, that goes with the, uh, you know, with the game. That's that's a part of the game. You're gonna lose, win some. You're gonna lose some. Hopefully, you win a lot more than you lose. But if every time you lose, you you pack up and call it quits, that's not that's not the mark of a real champion right there. Mm, well said. You know, Vince, I do want. I mean, I know what a competitor you are, man. 16 years in the game, and you got to the highest level of the sport so early. So I mean, it's been like 13 years at the highest level of the sport. I mean, is it ever exhausting? I mean, this is such a difficult game mentally as well as physically, or is this something that you're still really, truly, like, passionate about and still love? Uh, for me, yes. It, it's actually the, the 
the passion part, the desire to compete, the desire to lay it all on the line and go get my hand raised, that's the easy part. The hard part can be the uh, all the extra incentives, the uh, the this, the that, the the, the media obligations. The I was gonna say the interview. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, like it's not bad. Yeah, if you want to be a champion, if you if you want to be uh, at that level, it's something you have to deal with. But that's that's the hard stuff. The hard stuff is not for me personally. The hard stuff is not fighting. The, that, that's easy. Like being a competitor. Like let's go compete. Let's go. Let's go do it. No problem. Easy. Any any day, any time. No problem. But the the setup for it, the, the interviews. Uh, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna shoot, we're gonna do a photo shoot. We're gonna do videos, and we need you to take time off. We need you to take you know take time away from the kids and go do this and go do that. Oh, we need you to come over here. Uh, that can be the you know the the real trial, the the real hard part. Uh, like like anything, like like almost like any job. It's not the job itself can be easy, but it's the things you have to do like for the job, around the job, not necessarily the job itself. The job itself, fighting, easy, no problem, all day long. Uh, all the other stuff behind fighting that you have to do, that can be uh, a little bit of a trial. That can be a little bit of a like the the politics for some of the for some of the people. That that can be the the real trial there. Mm, yeah, it's the part that people don't see. So let me ask you about about the preparation, man. I mean, obviously the MMA lab is such a, a key figure there. I talked to Mike Hamler earlier today. Uh, obviously, he's getting ready for a big fight as well, and he said, "Listen, it's a room full of killers, but when Benson is in the room." it's a little bit different because everybody's got just such respect for him and he's such a driven competitor. I mean, um, I, I guess how, how important is that? Or, you know, how much do you take on that role of like being a leader in that, in that room and, and kind of setting the example for all these, these room full of killers that you guys have? Oh, uh, I, I think it's kind of a little bit established now, you know, for sure. That's uh, just how our room is. Uh, our room is a, a tough, hard edge room. We practice hard. We, we throw down hard. We don't we don't hit hard to the body, but we're gonna drop you. With, we don't hit hard to the head, but we're gonna drop you some body shots. We're gonna drop you some leg kicks. We're, we're gonna hit we're gonna hit some leg kicks until you learn how to check them. We're, we're hitting leg kicks until we drop you. We're hitting body shots, hard body shots until we drop you. We're, in there, we're not gonna hit each other head. We're not gonna give you concussions. But we're gonna help each other. We're gonna help grow each other, um, and, and make that room the the toughest room in the entire world. That practice right there on, on any given day, uh, Monday through Saturday, is the toughest room in the, in the world. And uh, we got youngsters on, on, on the team. Man, we, we got youngsters that, that give it to me in just pure stand-up-wise. If it was just a kickboxing match, we got youngsters there who, who give me everything I, I can handle and then some, you know. We got youngsters in the room who are, when it comes just to wrestling, they can give it to me just pure wrestling-wise. They put a single on, they, they come after me, and they, they go give me. I'm like, woo! <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta buckle up, you know. I, I, I gotta get, I got, I gotta bring it, uh, and that's how our room is, uh, and we, we help turn those guys, uh, develop them into full MMA art, artists. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough room. It's a tough room, and I know when I am in the room, um, either you're either gonna match my intensity or you're gonna get hurt, and you're gonna be out the room pretty soon. So that's just the way it kind of goes for, for our room. I love that, man. As, as long as you've been in the game, still setting a tone like that. All right, so we know you're back in action Friday, September 23rd, Dublin, Ireland, uh, Bellator 285. Personally, I love these shows, right? Because when they're over in Europe, that means they air early here in the United States. I can watch a great fight on, a, on the middle of the afternoon, but I'm also not the one having to travel across uh, the ocean to get there. So what was your take, Benson? Like, are you excited to go over to Dublin, or was it kind of like, oh, man, my last two were in Phoenix. I kind of like that a little bit better. Oh man, Phoenix is nice for sure. Being in your uh, hometown, 
I, I love that, the, the ease of it, the uh, convenience of it. But at the same time, pros and cons, everything, right? You're in the hometown, the convenience, the ease of it. But at the same time, you have 300 people asking for tickets. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, hold on, let me, let me, uh, I gotta make a couple phone calls. Hold on, I got you, I got you. People, you know, family who I, who I care about, who I love, I wanna hook them up, I gotta take care of them. Those are pros and cons for everything, you know, that's yep. life. Um, pros of, uh, pros and cons fighting out of the country. You gotta travel, you gotta, I gotta bring all my food, I gotta make sure my, my diet stays on point, my workout stays on point. I make sure I don't freaking try not to balloon up, balloon up too much uh, on the on the airplane, that sort of stuff. Um, but the the pros to it, you know, you get to travel, you get to see the world, you get to go go see Dublin. How many times can I say that in my life? I've been to Dublin once before, so it's nice to go to Dublin again. Um, Dublin was was nice enough. I put it on my list. I was like, "Ooh, Dublin's pretty nice. I like it." Uh, I'm gonna have to bring the family back out here later on. This, I'm a, not everywhere do I visit. Do I, do I put on my list to bring the family back out later on? Dublin was nice enough. The people are amazing. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I have to bring the family back out here later on, later on in life. And um, here we are later on. So I'm bringing out the whole family. Uh, all six of us are coming out. All, all four kids. My wife. Uh, we're gonna make a, a, a trip of it. So I'm, I'm very excited to come to Dublin, Ireland once again. And put on a show, give the Irish fans a better show. My last show against Miles Jury, I thought was a little lackluster. I, I thought I wanted to give a better show. Uh, and I promised the Irish fans that night after I got my hand raised, like, hey, I'm sorry, guys. That, that wasn't as, as much as I, I wanted to give you guys. I promise I'll come out here again. I'll, if I get a chance to, to fight here in Ireland, I'm going to say yes to fight in Ireland again. And I'll, I'll come back out here and I'll give you guys a better show. What better chance? What better stage? How, how else can you set that up better than going against one of their own, uh, Peter Queeley? Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go give the Irish fans a show. Okay, now see, that's what I was gonna ask you about, Benson. Because look, I don't know if you're an MMA fan, if it's possible to boo Benson Henderson, right? I mean, that's just not right. But it's the, home, <laughs> it's the hometown guy, right? So they gotta support their guy. So what are you, are you like? Is there any party that's like? kind of hoping to get booed a little bit and feel like being the villain? Or are you kind of hoping like, man, I hope they're not mean to me, even though I'm, I'm, I'm visiting from out of town. Um, I, I have been uh, booed at some of my past fights, believe it or not. I, I have entered the cage to booze. But after the fight was done, after I got my hand raised, I left the cage with the crowd cheering, going crazy. That's what's going to happen September 23rd against Peter Quilly. The crowd will be booing me as I walk into the cage. No problem. That's no, no, no worries. That's that is a okay. You got, you guys have a right to that. Uh, but when I leave that cage after, after the performance I put on, after I opened up my heart and soul, let a little bit of his light shine out. Uh, I'm, I can almost promise you that the, the Irish fans are me cheering their heads off crazy. Me leaving that cage. I love it, man. They're a fun bunch, so they'll definitely cheer you. I, I know that, even if they do boo you on the way in. Hey, last thing, I did want to ask you, Benson, uh, you know, with your wife fighting professionally now, the roles are reversed, man. I guess I just wanted to know what that's like for you. I mean, it's such a weird thing, right? Like, you have no problem getting into a cage, no problem going in there and doing it. But, man, when it's somebody you love getting in there and doing it, now you're getting to see what she's been feeling for all these years. How challenging or, or eye-opening has that been for you? Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely uh, 
I, I, I never really thought about it, but then after her uh, her first fight, her first amateur debut, she's like, oh, see, like she asked me after the fight, what does it feel like for you? Like, you see what I feel now? I was like, oh, I do see what you feel like now. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, that is different. That, that's, uh, that's, uh, takes a little getting used to there. Um, def- definitely a lot of different emotions, you know, a lot, a lot of different mixed emotions with all my teammates, all, all my little brothers. I love being in their corner and helping them. But you're always more nervous for your teammates than you are for yourself. You can't control that. You can't control what's going to happen. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen when it's you in there. I can control that. I can control this is my cage. I can control this. I, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to leave this cage with my hand raised. Um, but when you don't have that control and it's your one of your bro- little brothers in there, when it's, when it's my wife in there, like I don't have that control. Like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. What's going to happen? Uh, so de- definitely, for sure. Uh a lot different, uh, way more nerve-wracking, way more emotional uh, watching my wife fight, corner my wife. It's, it's got to be the weirdest reality of the sport, Benson. I mean, you think a cage fight, man, you think that's where your nerves would be the highest, but it's not. It's like you said, it's when somebody you love is in there that you can't do anything to protect them, that you can't do anything to affect the outcome. That's when your nerves are the highest. It's the weirdest reality that, uh, about this sport, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, listen, continued success to both in your careers. Obviously, this is another big moment for you and a career full of big moments. Um, I guess, what's the, what's the plan here, man? Is it, uh, you know, big win and, and book something again for the end of the year? Is it take some vacation off? I mean, are we talking about rank? I mean, you're still right up there at the top of the rankings. Are we talking about title shots and positions and all that? What's what's the plan, Benson? Uh, for me, it's about all right you may think john that was kind of a weird place for the interview to end well benson's phone cut out so uh what are you gonna do what are you gonna do but you know he'll still i thought still i thought i'd bring it to you and from from all intents and purposes from what i understand he's kind of fighting out this contract and then uh, we'll quite a bit. Still we'll, got more to go. A few fights left, and then yeah. we'll be. And I think we'll, this is this is four. This is the fourth one. He's got three after this I one. Believe I, think. So. I, th- I think so. Three or two? I can't remember. Is it, two, is it three? I think it's three after this. Okay. Because I think in, when I was looking at this interview on that old site and McJunkie, oh, uh, from the Bellator it. Media stuff today, yeah. I thought he was saying four left because he was talking about the pressure that this puts, and he's like, oh, you know, if I if I had the pressure because now I have four, but after this is going to be pressure on three. So I think he still has three. Okay, after this okay. One. I thought he had three left, so that's that's, that's good. It's a lot of fights left, but I mean, listen, the man still got the fire, and then he wants to focus on his wife's career. So big one there. I, you know, I, I wrote an article based on this interview uh, for Sports Illustrated. It's going to publish tomorrow, but you know, in that article, I kind of pointed out that look, you know, Benson is a legend. There's no question about it. Um, you know, will this, you know, a win here, will it kind of push one last run to the title in those last few fights? I don't think so. Even though he's high in the rankings, I believe number three in the rankings right now. Um, but you've got Usman Nurmagomedov, who's going to fight next. Uh, you've got Tofik Musayev, who's coming in there, who's an absolute killer as well. So I, I just don't see Benson mi- mixing it up with those guys. Um, but still a big fight nonetheless. And, and I think it's cool that he's willing to go, you know, to Ireland to fight in Peter Quilly's backyard and say, you know, I want to right the wrong. Uh, of what happened last time out. So, good there. Yoel Romero versus Melvin Menhoff. Uh, Yoel Romero, a massive favorite in this fight. Understandably so, but, hey, Melvin, you, you just never know. Melvin Melvin packs a punch. 
Uh, Liam McCourt, Diana Silva, uh, Mads Brunel versus Pedro Carvalho. That's a uh, kind of an underrated fight there. Mads Brunel, kind of a name that does get uh, overlooked a little bit as well. And uh, Sierra Clark and Rafael Hudson will make up your uh, main card there. Prelims have a little bit of more of a, a local flavor, although you do see Brett Johns on yeah, there. So certainly a name that'll, that, you'll, that you'll recognize. Carl Albrechtson is on there. So there's a couple names definitely worth watching. And Georgie Kirkconian. Yeah, I was going to say Georgie Kirkconian. I mean, Kay Musa. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a fun fight as well. So, look. A Friday day card. I mean, not not for our European folks, it, but I'm sure the European folks aren't complaining about a fight that's in normal time for them. And they're not having to stay up till four in the morning. Yep. I think this is a card uh, worth checking out this weekend uh, for sure. So I, I'm excited about. It. I'm excited. I'm excited yep. to watch it. And then, and then I'm still trying to figure out next week. We've got the October first cards, um, UFC and Bellator at the same time on October first. And it's close enough that I have the choice to I can either stay here in Las Vegas oh, or go to Long Beach, California. Um, now I will say, my wife grew up uh, on the beach in Mexico, and any chance she gets to go see water, she likes. So that might be playing into my uh, decision making process as well. But I will say, look at that Bellator car for next week, Bellator 286. Uh, Patricio Pitbull, Adam Borgs. Spike Carlisle, AJ McKee, Jeremy Kennedy, Aaron Pico, Juan Archuleta, Enrique Barzola, Max Roshkoff is on there against Mike Hamill, which I'm looking forward to that fight as well. I mean, look, there's some good fights on here. There's some good fights on here. So um, I think that's a pretty solid card next week. Yeah. I know you love California. They know how to party <laughs> in the city. <laughs> know how to party. Long <laughs> Beach, Inglewood. Uh, no, uh, I mean, you know, you, you got to get out a little bit, man. We get a lot of shows at the Apex. We got a lot coming up the, this fall uh, as well. Which I know. We saw I, saw, that. I saw the October travel, and I saw I saw Long Beach. I was like, oh, okay, that's not me. I say like, Abu Dhabi, and like, cool, cool, glad I'm not there. But Vegas, Kenny, Vegas, Kenny, Vegas. Kenny. Oh yeah. Vegas resident. Vegas Kenny. That's my life. Cold coffee. Vegas yeah. Kenny. Uh, <laughs> all right, listen. Uh, if you're looking for some things, now listen. I am uh, talking about enjoying the uh, you know the non on-site coverage and a little bit of a, a kind of a relaxed weekend for us. But that's not. I mean, there is some other MMA going on this weekend. Oh, if, if, do tell. If, if fight fight TV might be the spot to uh, to check out this weekend. If you've never downloaded or watch anything about so i have fight on my apple tv now and it dude it works actually really really smooth so bkfc is there um yeah they've got under the same thing yeah so you so i've got like the fight tv app now on my apple tv and it's just like i mean it's obviously there's so many apps and streaming services it's not i'm just (laughs) it sounds like a read don't check the bank account kenny (laughs) no i'm just that that sounds like a read. No, it's not. Sudden. But look, they're in a very unique position, right? Check this out. The unique position that they're in this week is that they've got Ryzen, which they don't normally carry Ryzen. And, and Ryzen was, you know, because of the pandemic, they, they kind of tailed off a little bit because yep. they couldn't bring anybody in and out. So they were using domestic talent only. Now they're bringing international talent in. But um, this weekend... They've got Floyd Mayweather on a little boxing exhibition versus McCurry. today out of, the, out of the blue. I was like, how did I not know this was happening? Granted, I don't pay attention to a lot of boxing, but I saw that and I was like, oh, Floyd going to Floyd. So here's my understanding. <laughs> so basically what's going on, if, if, if you don't pay attention, and I get it, this is kind of fringe. And like I said, Horizon has kind of dropped off a little bit. Uh, but they're, they're coming back. They're bringing the talent back. Um, but they've got Super Ryzen and then Ryzen 38, I believe, is the number this weekend. So it looks like it's two cards, but it's essentially just back-to-back events. And obviously, Floyd Mayweather uh, is a big enough name that you kind of just sell that on his own. So I believe there's three, maybe four bouts on that one. It's 30 bucks. 
It starts at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on Saturday night. So basically what they're doing is they're starting with this in Japan and finishing with the other cards so that since they start with it in Japan, it's early enough that you know it still could catch an American audience. So it's 30 bucks. It's a boxing exhibition. Do you Are we pay st- 30 bucks to watch Floyd spar? I don't know. That's <laughs> that, that's the question right now. That's what and I And it ar- just depends on what Floyd shows up. There's the Floyd that's like, "Oh hey man, it doesn't matter. The guy can win every round if he wants. Whatever." And then there's a the Floyd that says that but then goes out and starches the kid. Now, let's remember. It's a Saturday night with no UFC. True. It's a Saturday night with no Bellator. Um, I don't believe there's a major boxing event because obviously there was a major True. boxing event last weekend. I could be wrong in that. I don't follow the boxing schedule quite as closely. But you're right. On a normal Saturday night, given what our normal Saturday nights look like, am I going to pay $30 to watch Floyd Mayweather spar? Because it's called an exhibition boxing match, yeah. but you are exactly right. There's no winners. You are going to watch Floyd Mayweather <laughs> spar. There's nobody winning. Uh, actually, the only person winning is Floyd Mayweather Floyd in his bank, bank account. account. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> you know he's getting undefeated. paid for Undefeated. He's I, undefeated. That bank account is undefeated. I don't know if you've watched his social media this week, but he's just walking around Tokyo, just, I mean, oh, just... I just laying out the yen. He's and, and you know Floyd. He doesn't do he doesn't do credit cards. He doesn't debit. Yeah. Card. Everything's cash, right? So everything is you know he's in the Versace store, just like counting. Out. And you got the when you talk about counting yen, yeah. you're talking about like it's ten thousand. Yeah. You know? But I mean, the, granted, I, I know they do make bigger denominated bills. I never had those bills. No, 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 no. Our, I would be the guy. Here's my change. I'm my starting money with the change. did jingle jingle. <laughs> yes, it didn't it did. fold. You know yes, what I mean? <laughs> As long as it was enough to buy the the beer and the uh, chicken at the Seven Eleven, right? You're like, wait a minute, I can I can buy beer with this coin in my pocket right now. Like, this oh, I like crazy. this place. Wow, uh, but it's funny, you know. And when you when you put it like that, when you're talking about, oh, there's no other major events. I tell you what, I love I love working in combat sports. I love watching all this stuff. But if it's in a uh, a weekend off, I don't race to find some sort of combat sports to watch. I'm like. If anything else, catch up on like Netflix or just heaven forbid, not look at a TV screen. What? <laughs> on, on you that can't day. do that. And you know what's crazy now is like every Saturday is my college football is like ruined because of fighting. This, you know now I can watch like college ball all day long or something and not have to worry about anything. All right, well that's what I'll be doing on Saturday. Let Let me see if I can sweeten the pot for you a little oh, bit. No. Let me see if I can sweeten the pot for you a little bit. All right, fly me to Tokyo, and yeah, well, that will sweeten the pot. <laughs> what if I told you that Jizzy Mack was also boxing on the same card? Who Floyd Mayweather's bodyguard? Oh He's my like- god. <laughs> <laughs> to say, I'm more have I to sold watch you now? Uh, have I'm, I'm sold you now? Which one of the two is it? <laughs> I mean, it's Jizzy Mack. I don't know which. <laughs> I'd have to look to see. Is he the bigger of the two? I don't remember which. I don't. I don't know his bodyguards enough to know which is which. That's funny. But he's on the card now. I don't know if it's boxing. I'll be honest with you. It's it's a standing bout, so I don't know if that just means boxing, or if it means they can kickbox a little bit as well. What if it was Floyd and that dude in a boxing in a phone booth, like you've seen? You've seen some of that shit lately. <laughs> oh, that that's crazy. It's so ridiculous. That, that stuff is absolutely wild. I would pay to watch that. I would pay to watch Floyd in a phone booth boxing because, like, all right, where's that head movement now? Where's that head movement now? Yeah. (laughs) He would not be agreeing to that, I can assure you. Uh, By the way, at Ryzen 38, uh, Kyoji Horiguchi is in the main event. Of course, that will be very, very late at night, both east and west coast. So that'll be legit. Yeah, that'll be a little tough one. So, all right. But, okay. 
So there's that. So I, so look, uh, the non-paid read for Fight TV, which we'll we'll send this to them and let them know. Hey, maybe if you just want to throw us a little something, they got a little something on Sunday as well. Now, let's say you're hanging out on Sunday, and 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 you, you maybe you caught the Mayweather on on Saturday night. I might be doing that, but on Sunday, maybe you want to catch the boxing debut of Chris Cyborg. Now, let me, I wouldn't mind seeing that. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. So I would be up. A little coffee and let me t- 13.99. That's better. 13.99. What's that on? That's on Fight TV as well. Okay. Asalino Freitas and the legend Jose Landy Johns is in there as well. Listen, let me throw you a couple other names that are on here. Um, I don't. The last thing I see, I don't know if it changed. No, he's still on it. Vanderlei Silva's son, Thor Silva, is on there. Former UFC veterans uh, William Macahillo, Milton Vieira, Felipe Aranches are on there as well. Luis Santiago. So there's some UFC veterans on there. Vanderlei Silva's son is on there. And you got the boxing debut of Chris Cyborg in the main event. It gets Simone De Silva who um, – Simone De Silva, I believe her – career record in boxing I want to say if I remember right is 19 and 23 okay that sounds so, legit but it's a it's a 40 it's a 40 veteran a 40 time veteran uh did challenge for a national title sure. like four times sure yeah I buy into that <laughs> <laughs> okay you're not uh, I, I, uh, okay <laughs> I, 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 kid I, take my wallet take I, my money listen, right now I I don't know if anybody else picked up on this but I am a professional reporter and I pick up on the subtleties <laughs> I, and I hinted a, just a touch of sarcasm. No, no, no. That was that was 100% sincerity. Just a touch. I would. I am interested to see how is, Cyborg does. It is pretty cool. I am interested to see Cyborg as well. It is, if, if you want a little added flavor to it, it is in uh, Curitiba. Uh, and it is actually. That's Cyborg's hometown. That's Cyborg's hometown. And it is in the exact same arena, that stadium, where she had her UFC debut there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's some, you know, I mean, there's some cool you know, stuff going on. So if you Curitiba was awesome. I remember it was like it was like uh I think I don't know, maybe it was just the time of the year. I remember it wasn't like crazy hot. Oh, I remember it pleasant. felt really good there. I remember we found a, a couple good like little steakhouse places. I remember oh, when Fernando Curitiba was still around us. Is right. and Fernando was like, No, no, that's not great. Let me take you to another one. I could eat that every day. Oh. I would not be losing weight, but I would eat that every day. Choroscaria <laughs> is not on the fight camp diet. <laughs> no, it is not. But post fight you know it's funny. Uh, when had a friend recently that had came to visit. You know, and I'm normally, you know, I'm now trying to eat smaller portions and eat. But I remember we went to an all-you-can-eat place, and I remember I was just starting to like. There was glimpses of the old me come in ordering some other thing. I was throwing down. I was throwing down. And I remember they were like, "You gonna eat all that?" I was like, "Oh yeah, it'll be good." And I was like, "I probably shouldn't," but I was like, "I was like, am I freaking this person out because they don't? They've never seen me <laughs> throw down before." They have to, like, yeah. I'm like, uh, "You should have seen when I did some work." <laughs> I think, I think back in the day when we used to go to Brazil, like go to Churrascaria, is like the waiters would eventually come up to us at one point and be like, "You, you've got to stop eating, and you over here, you've got to stop drinking." Like yeah. you guys. <laughs> No, I mean, if you want to switch we the other way, out. we like, balance bro, out. If you want to drink some more beers, fine. If you want to eat some more steak, fine. But you guys in your specialties, <laughs> you got to stop. You got to stop. Know, you know, it hurts to be a specialist, but you know, <laughs> when you're really good in one particular thing, you just got to go with it. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of fight camp, uh, I think we got a date locked down, right? It's looking that way. November nineteenth or twentieth for uh, yeah, for the for hot, tea. hot tea. Hot tea's uh, opponent. Uh, I, I, it's funny. There was a small class yesterday. It's so funny. I broke my P 
pinky toe on my left foot last time I rolled a couple weeks back, and I jacked up my toes yesterday. I, I think being old and doing this sport is uh, not the <laughs> smartest deal. But so I rolled with all I rolled with Oscar, and I rolled with his competitor uh, yesterday. And uh, his guy's good. His guy's his guy's been doing a lot of work off the side. He seems a lot better than when he was. Like you could tell. And like the you know what's so crazy. Is the matchup already official or it's yeah. just like it's oh it's yeah, official. It's definitely gonna happen. Okay. And what's crazy, and you'll get a trip out of this. So the guy was uh he was rolling with another guy, me and Oscar had rolled and it was like one of those points where I was probably trying to gather my breath and so there were times when both groups could sort of watch what the others are doing, and Justin Jaynes, the the UFC fighter, was is one of the coaches was watching, and so we're coaching. His guy that he was rolling with put him into a choke, and it was like deep, and like the kid wasn't tapping, wasn't tapping, which is like, dude, he's got gills somewhere. At the very end, after the class is over and done, everybody's saying their goodbyes. I heard him talking with the guy that he was rolling. He's like, dude, I still can't believe you, you didn't tap. He's like, dude, I just I just picture my father. I picture my family, and I I don't allow myself to tap. He's like, I just picture my family, and that's where Bro, I go. Practice. I know. He's <laughs> like, he's like, that's where I go in my head. And he's like, <coughs> so he's like, so I'll. That's why I don't tap. I just picture. I was like, well, if you start dreaming that you're having a conversation and you smell barbecue, you're asleep already. <laughs> <laughs> but. um no, uh, Hot tea, it's not too late to get out of this. You're, no, you're, you're I mean, facing the psycho, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> But no, out of, out of all the fights that are potentially built up, the real big guy that fucked my arm up, his <laughs> opponent, uh, that'll be a good one. But Oscar's fight with his opponent is looking to be the most competitive, uh, the one I'm probably the most excited for. Wow. Just even in terms of, not just so it'll like. So like do you think it'll be like the main event of the, or, or were y'all even, uh, I don't even know how that's going to work, to be honest with well, you. Well, you know, the way that the some of the people have just sort of dropped out of class and then just sporadically come, um, I would think that this is the one that they're like, okay, this for sure is happening. Right. So if there's one that, if everybody else just flakes the fuck out. So that may be the only Oscar, fight? No, I, I think there's going to probably be. Yeah. Maybe two to three. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be at least three to four, right. something like that. Um, but I, Oscar and this kid are not going to flake. Right. The other guy that I saw, his there, his opponent might flake. But this guy's supposed to go Bo, and then this other guy, Richie, who I'm hearing is training elsewhere, that could still sort of drop off. But Oscar's fighting the other, for sure is going to happen. But Oscar, I know he's he's starting to feel it, like because the kid's catching up. Right. You know, Oscar had a lot of experience going into it, so he was definitely a step above some of the other guys. This kid's got youth. He's got he's got size. He's tall. He's lanky. He's got real long arms. But Oscar's still got more man strength in him, so he needs to come at him hard, hit him quick. But the kid doesn't fucking sh- – he doesn't tap. He starts thinking of his he family, He starts thinking bro. of his family, and he's willing to die. I'm like, oh, oh my God. It's practice, I dog. know. It's Dude, but when practice. he said that, I was like – I can't remember if I told Oscar that. I don't think I did. Well, if Oscar listen to this, or I'll <laughs> tell him later. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah is—he's ready to die out there. But uh, it's going to be good. But no, Oscar's fights. Uh, but Oscar—he took that as motivation afterwards. Before we went to the bar. Uh, no, <laughs> I went to the bar. Oscar did. Uh, before we went to um, contenders yesterday, um, because training in the morning, Oscar went to another class afterwards. He's doing the work, man. So I mean, like, I'm giving him all the props. I mean, he looks good too. I mean, he's getting fit. He says he hasn't dropped much weight. He's just—I could feel like he's becoming, put some more he's compacting a little bit and stuff. But he's got a tough—he's got a tough uh, test ahead of him. But that's why, you know, even when I was going there with the guys, I just try to be heavy 
because they're not going to fight a dude that's 100 pounds bigger than them. Right. I'm like, just if you could toss me around, if you can move around, if you can move this big weight, it's going to do well. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's legit, man. Uh, I'm excited to, to see how that fight happens. It's it. going to be good, man. And if it. you call it, that would be a fucking Ho- Hopefully I will. Uh, we're, we're trying to work on all that now, so hopefully I'll be calling the fight, which would be which would be fun as well. Uh, I mean, it'll be, it would be weird. It'll be nerve-wracking for me. You know, I called Richard Hunter's fight, and I was nervous as all hell for that. So, um, I, I, I called Dan Tom's fight years and years ago before I knew Dan. So, uh, that's a little bit different scenario because I didn't really know him at that point, but, uh, so it'd be fun to call. Can I ask you, even though it doesn't involve uh, anybody related to the show, um, did you say there's another matchup where a guy is going and getting work elsewhere ahead of this? Like, is that in the spirit of the program? Well, I, th- I don't know if it's because, uh, he didn't want to train and have the other guy see his stuff because people right. are paying attention to right. other stuff. That's why I was wondering too. I was like, is he still paying for it? Why would you pay for it and not yeah. show up to the class or whatever? Cause I know that they were giving grief about another guy that was going to potentially fight somebody outside of the program where I was like, dude, let him get a fight. You want him to get a fight. Um, but I, I think – plus I think the guy's schedule maybe was having some issues or something. But, I mean, the guy came in. He had lots of, like, boxing training. Like, this guy had legit uh, good hands. And it's funny because he's a big dude, but he moves really, really quickly. Um, he's just overweight, but he's strong. But, man, he's uh, he, he probably gave me the hardest punch out of any of the guys there in the class. He caught me with a nice little combo that I remember I was just like, yeah, because he got me good on my uh, the side of my head, but you know I got that I got that strong head. <laughs> Whoa. I wasn't ready to go down. Wow, that sounded gay as fuck. Uh, but no, uh, that's good. That's a good fight. But I mean, the guy he's going up against is that young guy that used to play college football. Who's right. just like he's a beast of a dude. Um, so the other guy, the boxer, is giving up a good. Um, probably foot in height but in terms of like boxing he's got better hands but he's just got to watch if the guy takes him down because then you got that big giant 300 and some pound behemoth who's getting really good on just being able to sort of muscle out submissions and stuff so that's crazy but uh i think it's the 19th and 20th if i remember i believe i believe because i think we're doing a cffc the night before on the 18th, and I believe that's the 19th and 20th is when that's supposed to happen. So uh, we'll keep everybody updated. Maybe if anybody's in the Vegas area, I mean, it's still – look, that's – it is – I mean, they still got time to do a full training camp at this point, right? I mean, it is, that's still almost two months away. So uh, we'll definitely be there. Hopefully I'll be on the call for that because that'll that'll be a whole nother level. Maybe – oh, is that a non-UFC – if that's a non-UFC weekend, maybe we just do an and a half with uh, Hot T about the post-fight wrap-up of, of his fight card and all the matchups that night, man. That might be a, a fun thing to do. So, uh, No and a half this week. Uh, wow, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever said it. No, no and a half this week. Of course, we appreciate everybody that wants to support us. Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. My man, Cold Coffee, handles all the community involvement over there, so we certainly do appreciate that. And of course, even if you can't take to that level, just I mean, it's just $3 a month. I mean, what are we talking about between a couple friends? $3 but if you can't take it that we totally understand at least you can just do us a favor and uh rate us review us leave us some feedback on wherever you're listening we certainly do appreciate that because man we've been doing this for a long time and we still have as much fun getting together especially when it's early in the afternoon the weather is cooling down october is coming in i've decided it october is my favorite month of the year in las vegas yes april is cool if you're ever coming to vegas april october i'll say it a million times but october is my favorite month because that's when the 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 heat finally tails off we cool off a little bit. We start drinking a couple of frosty beverages outdoors. Fire up the grill. Start. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah, you know me, man. I wait until October yeah, to start yeah, having yeah, some frosty yeah. beverages. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? All right, I'm going to enjoy the weekend, making some family plans. Hopefully all you guys will do the same. Again, there is Bellator on Friday afternoon. I'm telling you, if you want to get watch a little Floyd Mayweather sparring, watch a little Chris Cyborg uh, doing a little boxing well, you can enjoy all that. I think I might tune in. Uh, but enjoy it all. We'll get together next week, of course. We'll get back to normal. Busy, busy week once again. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Thank you.